Hello and welcome back to Pod by the Fireside with me, your host, Gregory Alexander Sharp. As always, you can call me Greg. This week is going to be something a little different. I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read the opening chapter to my second novel, Kill and Cure, and I really hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed writing it and actually as much as I enjoy reading it. I I do quite enjoy the experience. As always, check the description for links to literature, my own work and and that of some of my friends, uh, Adrian Lopez and Fenrir Thorvaldsen, and links also to their podcasts. In particular, keep an eye out for Werewolf the Podcast, Fenrir's uh, podcast friend of the show, Fenrir. And there's a lot of acting going on there from both myself and Adrian. This is terrible self-promotion, isn't it? Do forgive me. Okay, without further ado, sit back, hold tight, it's a white-knuckle ride. Let's get into Kill and Cure. And this first chapter is called Under New Management. The vampire knocked at the door to the office out of courtesy and custom only. This office and all of the other rooms in the warehouse, along with the nightclubs and bars, would soon be under their own control. The negotiation had been short and sweet. Hand over the keys to your empire, or else. As things had transpired, it seemed that both the keys and the else was the order of the day, which was a shame and an inconvenience, but by no means a problem. The vampire's orders had been clear. The member of the crew, the manager who ran the London operation, was doing a good job, but had been there for way too long, far longer than the usual ten years in a role the firm permitted for regional managers. It had come to light that the appearance of the man in this role was being noticed. Noticed because that appearance itself hadn't changed in the whole time he'd been there. He just wasn't ageing. Questions were being asked. Suspicions aroused. There was no way the boss could permit any rumours about a member of the inner circle to pervade or attract any kind of attention. Theirs was a business which thrived on anonymity and going quietly about things without being noticed, without unpredictable complications. The boss had told the vampire to go to London and intervene. The manager's tenure in that great city was over. Reassignment was long overdue. In fact, that time had already come and gone. He should have left town, gone to New York as requested, and taken the new assignment, new post and new territory which awaited him, details to be shared upon arrival. But he'd so far refused to leave. Word on the street was that this manager had gone soft, fallen in love, or so they were saying. Love! What room was there for love? in this game. Well, none actually, none at all, and so the manager had put in a request for retirement. The vampire knocked again, a little harder. Are you gonna let me in or what? All right, just a fucking minute, came the reply in a somewhat terse tone. Just finishing saying up in here. The vampire looked over its shoulder at the muscle-bound human who stood behind it, keeping watch. This man's right hand was in his jacket pocket, clasping an unseen pistol. 
In his left he held what looked like the case for a pool cue. The man showed no signs of stress or emotion, even though the objective was the removal of a gangster who had been running a significant overseas operation for many years. A serious guy. But this man was used to difficult tasks. He'd taken the lives of many people and facilitated the death of many more in a line of work. It just went with the territory. But not usually somebody who was so big of a deal as this country manager. If there was the slightest grain of apprehension, it wasn't visible in that powerful frame or behind two glassy eyes that seemed to be somehow out of focus. The vampire sneered and the man responded with an incredulous shake of the head. They waited there together, aware of the five heavies who stood just a few feet behind them, but unworried by their presence. The vampire glanced at the familiar again and nodded, as though granting permission. Immediately, the familiar stepped forwards and grabbed the handle to the office door and twisted it, only to find the door was locked. Are you kidding me? called the vampire. You locked the goddamn door? Do you think that's going to make me pack up and go home? After a few moments of silence, a clicking sound pierced the heavily charged air and the door's lock was disengaged. The familiar took half a step back and withdrew the pistol from his pocket, ready to use it without hesitation if needed. An opening door always carried an element of the unknown, of the risk of sudden attack. He glanced over his shoulder at the group of men behind him and adjusted his position so that he could see both the heavies and the impassive door. The door swung open, back into the office, and a man in his fifties by the look of him stood with one hand on the door and the other outstretched towards the middle of the office beyond. Come on then, in you come, he said. Inside the dusty old office was a desk with a couple of chairs in front of it and not much else. It smelt of cigarettes and booze and old conspiracies and was very much as the vampire remembered it from the last time it had paid a visit to the London operation and this same manager. What was not the same was the presence of another man in the room whom the vampire did not recognise. This looked to be a respectable gentleman, maybe ten years older than the manager appeared to be, maybe more. Well presented, healthy looking, but clearly worried. The chocolate brown skin of his brow was furrowed below his close cropped grey hair and his eyes were like saucers flicking back and forth between the familiar's gun and the vampire's inquiring eyes. Hello, said the vampire cordially. And who might you be, huh? Are you part of this meeting? The vampire extended its hand formally and the man tentatively took it in his own and nervously accepted the greeting. I'm... I'm... He couldn't form the words, and he allowed a nervous grin to flash across his features. The vampire didn't smile at him at all. It just stared, waiting for him to complete his opening sentence. He wasn't able to do so. He's a friend of mine, that's all, said the manager. He's a fucking civilian, all right? A civilian! And he's just leaving. The vampire shot the manager a disgusted look. There are no civilians in our line of business. You know that as well as I do. The manager returned the stare, not with aggression, but with an impressive lack of fear. He's not in our line of business, okay? 
So you tell your gorilla the fuck off out the way and you and me can talk shop, right? He had a London accent, even though he'd travelled extensively in his life and worked in many different locations over the years. But he'd come back home to London a long time in the past and his voice had settled right back into its native timber years ago. The vampire scrutinised the man who'd started to sweat at the temples. Is it true what he says? asked the vampire. You were civilian, huh? The man blinked twice, and his eyes suddenly changed, appearing glassy and unfocused. Without hesitation, he whispered that it was true, that he was just a friend, not involved in the business in any way, not even interested in it. The vampire continued to stare at the man for a few moments, and then quite suddenly said, Okay then, you can go. I believe you. Go on, get the fuck out of here. The familiar stood aside, and the man glanced back at the manager, his eyes now regaining their usual sharpness and focus. It's all right, said the manager. Everything's all right. This is just business, okay? I'll call you later. The man made his way out of the office and passed the five heavies who all stood nervously just outside the door. He didn't run, but he did walk as quickly as his shaking legs would permit him to go. Take a seat, said the manager, as he gestured to the chairs in front of his desk. He closed the office door before walking around to his chair and asking if he could get either of his guests to drink. The vampire said that would not be necessary, that they weren't there to drink. The manager sat in his chair and smiled at the vampire and its familiar, who'd put his gun back into his pocket, perceiving the level of threat had reduced somewhat. Well, all right then. I'm assuming you're because you're taking the business on, am I right? The vampire nodded its head slowly in agreement. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good news. Did they tell you that I'm retiring too? I can't wait to be honest. I've put my bloody life into this business for what seems like forever. I think I'm finally due a bit of change of pace, right? Bloody knackered. I mean, nothing's forever. Maybe I'll be back, you know, but for now I need to retire from this game. Smell the roses for a bit. The vampire was smiling at him, but the manager couldn't quite read its expression. So what? You bought me a present? A gold watch? A Rolex, maybe? The vampire grinned. Yeah, maybe. Something like that. You want to invite your team in so we can all wish you a happy retirement together? We did bring you a gift. It's in that pool cube case that my associate brought in. It'll be nice to present it in front of the team before you leave, you know? The man smiled back. What, we're doing the handover now? He asked. Right now? It's a bit fucking sudden, isn't it? No time like the present, said the vampire with a genial smile. The manager was destabilised but he knew as well as anyone else just how fast this organisation moved when decisions had been made. The manager called to his team to come and join them in the office for an announcement. One after another they came through the doorway, the manager's leadership team. A combination of bouncer and enforcer, these were large, tough-looking men with glassy-looking eyes and steel jaws. The vampire and its familiar stood up to face the group, the vampire now smiling the most charming smile imaginable. 
It gestured for the manager to come around the table so they could stand alongside one another, facing the group. Now, you all know that I'm from back home, don't you? You could say I'm from head office, right? It chuckled at the business analogy. The henchman looked uncomfortable. Well, what you may not know is that your boss here, well, he's decided that now's the time for a change of lifestyle. It's time for him to finally reap the benefits of so many years of devoted loyalty to the firm, dedicated leadership of our operation here in the good old United Kingdom. Well, we're proud of him. Proud of his achievements. And you know what? All good things must come to an end, eventually. Isn't that what they say? And he's been here a long time. Yes, sir. Much longer than we planned, actually. In fact... He's been here so long that it's natural that people might start to wonder what keeps a guy looking so vital, so healthy, you know? So young, even. Almost in defiance of old father time. Nobody can really answer that question. But when somebody who runs one of our businesses starts showing up in publications, on social media, that kind of thing, with people calling him the Peter Pan of the club scene... Mentioning how he seems to get younger every year? Well, that's publicity. And how do you all think we view publicity in our line of business? The vampire paused and looked at each of the henchmen in turn, but they were all too nervous to speak. Anyone? added the vampire. Oh, yeah. I mean, you probably don't like it too much ventured a vicious and powerful-looking man with most of his hair shaved off. Probably don't like it too much, repeated the vampire. The manager had stopped smiling. He sensed a change in the vampire, and suddenly he didn't like where this speech seemed to be heading. Probably don't like it too much. Well, I'm sure I could put it a little better myself if I was to try, but yes, that about covers it. We do not like publicity at all. Makes us nervous. Makes us vulnerable. Ultimately, it makes us weak, okay? The men continued to take it all in, silently. Well, continued the vampire, I'm partly here to educate you all in the ways of our business, at least the way we run things in the United States. You see, your manager here has put in a request to retire, which I think is a good idea, as it'll give him a chance to get away from familiar faces that aged in a different way than he's become able to. And I? Well, I'm going to take this business on, and I'm going to be here with you for a while, and I'm going to train up a new manager for you all. That manager will be with the business here for maybe ten years, and then we'll move on. That's our model, you see, no more than about ten years. Never as long as your own manager here stayed on. You could say he outlived his usefulness, right? The vampire laughed, drawing a nervous murmur from the assembled group. Only the familiar and the manager remained silent. So, retirement it is, said the vampire. At that moment, the familiar picked up the pool cue case and clicked the clasps open. We have a retirement gift here for the outgoing manager said the vampire. Everyone, including the manager, peered into the case to see what was in there, and to their horror, the familiar withdrew a heavy, glinting machete.
Oh, hang on, said the manager, backing up as he spoke and bumping into his desk. I'm retiring. They told me I could retire. You said it yourself. I'm retiring. The familiar handed the lethal-looking blade to the vampire and drew his pistol, pointing it in the general direction of the five henchmen who all froze. The manager continued protesting. No, you, you can't do this. I've got a life to live. I've got a dream. I'm going to buy a little cottage in the Cotswolds and... Uh, please, Alex, please, you don't have to do this. The vampire placed its hand on the manager's shoulder and gently guided him into a kneeling position. Please, Alex, you don't have to do this. I'm... I'm in love. Please, just let me go. Even just for a few years, just let me go. But the vampire wasn't interested. You should have taken the offer for reassignment. You really fucking pissed a lot of people off with that love story bullshit, you know? The vampire raised the sharp blade into the air and paused, ready to strike a killing blow. Glancing at the henchmen, the vampire said, In our line of business, we don't like publicity. And we don't like it when people turn into fucking pussycats either. You all work for me now, get it? I want each of you to remember that. Please, Alex, please, begged the manager. The vampire snarled a reply through dangerous-looking teeth. You should have come to New York more often, you know. Nobody calls me Alex anymore. And that about wraps it up for this episode of Pod by the Fireside. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with me. I really hope you enjoyed that excerpt from Kill and Cure, Il Lupo 2.0. It's available in Kindle, paperback and hardback from Amazon. So if you fancy having a look at that, you can check out my link tree in the description below. And again, you can connect with myself and Fenrir and Adrian. Their links are in the description and I hope to see you next time out. I'm Greg Sharp, and you've been listening to Pod by the Fireside.